You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It is Thursday, October 26th. Then we're talking Diamondbacks baseball today with Steve Gilbert, our D-backs reporter for MLB.com. Steve, uh, as always, we thank you for the time and uh, some some news items for the Diamondbacks we'll get to in a little bit, of course. Uh, the search for the replacement uh, for Ron Gardenhire, who is, who is, of course, the new head man in the Motor City for the Tigers, uh, filling their managerial position. And, of course, uh, Tony La Russa, after a uh, multi-year stint uh, in Arizona's front office, is going to be leaving the team uh, at the end of the month. So we'll talk about uh, those two items. But first, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on, uh, on Game 2, of the World Series as we're talking again on this Thursday. Uh, this is the the off day, the travel day, as the Fall Classic now goes to Houston for games uh, three, four, and five. You know, obviously a, a very exciting, entertaining game last night. There's no question. Astros win it in 11 innings, 7-6. Uh, uh, the eight home runs combined the most ever for any World Series game. There have been a, a few of those over the years, so that's certainly noteworthy. The, the thing, though, that kind of – strikes me as odd is, is that there seems to be a, a kind of a buzz this morning that this was one of the greatest World Series games ever played and people are, are kind of putting it on a pedestal with game seven of last year between the Indians and the Cubs which which I do believe was one of the greatest World Series games ever played this game last night though I, I just I, I don't know and it's not that I'm opposed to teams hitting home runs we all dig the long ball. That's, you know, that's that's obvious, and this is what the game has kind of become in 2017. But to see the eight home runs combined and to see, you know, how 90% of the game's runs came on home runs, to me, it's, it's again, it, it, not that it was boring, not that it was unentertaining, but there are just more entertaining ways for baseball games to unfold than it becoming kind of a home run derby contest, and that's how it kind of felt to me. What, like, what are your feelings on this? Am I, am I being a total wet blanket, or do you, do you agree with some of this? <laughs> well, first off, you're talking to somebody who was uh, who was at Game Seven of the 2001 World Series, and that for me is always going to be uh, the greatest of, of World Series games, just because of all you know all that, that that went on in 2001, and the games at Yankee Stadium, and then coming back to to Phoenix and and Luis Gonzalez's walk-off uh, base hit off one of the greatest closers in, in history. So that's kind of my background on it. That, that's always the game that, that, that sticks out for me, just you know, from having been there and, and seeing it up close. Um, I, I think that last night's game, it, 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 it's interesting, all the home runs that were hit. I saw Dallas Keuchel said that he thought that you know, maybe the balls were, were juiced, which is interesting. I don't know how they switched out all the baseballs in time for extra innings. That's <laughs> a pretty big conspiracy theory that <laughs> – that people float out there, um, but you know, some, that's that. As you said, that's kind of where the game is right now. It's the way guys are adjusting their swings, whether it's a Justin Turner or Chris Taylor or what whatnot, um, to to swing to put the ball in the air to get lift to get launch angle, um, and that's just kind of the way the game has evolved right now. And, and it'll be interesting to see how the pitchers counter that. Uh, I'm kind of looking more, you know, big picture at that, kind of see how things uh, get, you know, because there's always this adjustment that goes on between the pitchers and the batters. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the hitters and uh, the pitchers, excuse me, end up adjusting to the, the the new swing mechanics that these hitters have that are that are leading to all the home runs that you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, and again, uh, eight of those, uh, it broke the previous record for home runs in a World Series game, which had stood. Since 1989, the series between the, the Bay Area series between the A's and the Giants, uh, seven home runs were hit in one of those games of that fall classic. And back then, 
that was, you know, something that's, you know, got your attention because you just didn't see in that era, you know, again, going all the way back to 1989, uh, you know, games with seven home runs, much less in the postseason. We see it now, and while it's still an attention getter, it's not as much of a, of a novelty because of the day and age that we're in with home runs being hit left and right, and that's, again, what baseball's become in 2017. And want to get your opinion on this. You know, when, when people go back and say, what was the most exciting play or moment, they, they say, well, it was, it was this home run. No, it was that home run. Well, for me, it wasn't any home run. It was in the 10th inning when Kike Hernandez had the game-tying single uh, into right field, a, a strong throw made from right field to try to get Logan Forsythe at the plate. It was a close play. Forsythe was safe. And and for me, to see, to see that play in terms of excitement and getting your blood flowing – that trumped any of the eight home runs that were hit. Are you in agreement with that? Sure. I think that that, that, that kind of part of baseball is, is still amazing how guys are able to make throws from that distance uh, that accurately and to have a bang-bang play at home plate uh, is always exciting, especially in the World Series, especially when it's extra innings and it's a, it's a big run like that. So, yeah, absolutely. Those kind of things are exciting. I think triples are exciting, too. I, I think, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but last night just, uh, belonged to the, to the home run ball. Yeah, it certainly did. And, uh, I, I doubt we'll see eight of those again in a single game, but, but given where baseball is right now, uh, maybe that record will stand for one game. Maybe we'll see double digits in game three. I don't know, but it'll be, it'll be fun to see, uh, how the series uh, evolves and develops, uh, from game three forward as the fall classic now tied at one win apiece. And, uh, Steve, as we come down the home stretch here in the, the next few minutes, want to get to those uh, news items for the Diamondbacks themselves. Of course, the uh, search is on for the replacement for Ron Gardenhire, who had been uh, the bench coach for the past couple seasons. He's now the new head man in Detroit. What are you hearing uh, about this search? Are they uh, looking to promote from within or perhaps look outside the organization? Yeah, I'd be surprised if it came from outside the organization. I think the, the obvious in-house candidate is Jerry Naren. Um, who was slated to be their AAA Reno manager uh, before the season. And then when, uh, when Ron Gardenhire was diagnosed with prostate cancer towards the beginning of spring training, um, they decided to keep Jerry Naren uh, on staff, and he served as bench coach while uh, Gardenhire uh, got some treatment and had surgery for the prostate cancer. Um, and Jerry Naren kind of became a guy that was uh, very popular with the players. They appreciated his knowledge and his insight. So, um, it would really surprise me if it's somebody other than Jerry Naren that winds up with the bench coaching job. Uh, they should have something uh, within the next week as far as who's that, who that's going to be, but I, I, I certainly would think it would be uh, would be Jerry Naren. Yeah, I, I think if he's not the guy, that would come as a, as a shock the most. Uh, so maybe just a matter of time before he is officially appointed the bench coach replacement uh, for Ron Gardenhire. And then, of course, the news uh, coming uh, a few days before uh, Guardy was hired by the Tigers is that Tony LaRusa is going to be uh, leaving the organization as of the end of October. And of course, you know, he, he's been there for a, a couple years and his, his resume and track record a, as a manager uh, speaks for itself and then transitioning into that executive role. Just how much did he do for this, this Arizona franchise in terms of, you know, uh, changing and modifying the culture and instilling uh, confidence, you know, from the from the front office on down to the players, you know, how influential was he in getting this franchise to where it currently is? Well, I think you, you one of the things that Mike Hayes and general manager Mike Hayes and talked about before the playoffs um, was that you look at the at the way the roster was constructed and and 
there's credit that goes to a number of different uh, uh, front office groups that have come through Arizona. It was Josh Burns and his group that drafted Paul Goldschmidt and A.J. Pollock. Uh, you know, it was Kevin Towers and his group uh, that made some key acquisitions uh, and drafted some guys. It was uh, uh, Dave Stewart and Tony La Russa who traded for Robbie Ray and signs that Greinke, uh, you know, moves like that. So there's a lot of different people that had their fingerprints on this. And um, Tony last year, it seemed a little strange that he stuck around after Dave Stewart was dismissed. Um, but Tony felt like the organization was in better shape than the record had indicated. And he didn't want to walk away. He said that, um, if that was going to be his last year in baseball, he didn't want to walk away having it be as big of a kind of disaster as 2016 was for the Diamondbacks. So he really wanted to come back and do what he could. He spent a lot of time with um, with some of the minor league staff uh, working within the organization. Um, Mike Hazen, you know, relied on him initially when he came in to, to get a feel for what had happened last year and, and um, you know, who needed to stay and who needed to go within the organization. So, Certainly, Tony played a role in, in, in what happened last year from what he uh, from his contributions the two years before, and it, uh, it, it just didn't quite work out for Tony as a, as a front office executive, but certainly was a learning experience for him and, and kind of completed his baseball resume, having you know managed on played, managed, um, worked in the commissioner's office, and then also uh, working in the baseball operations department. Yeah, there's not much that Tony La Russa uh, has not done, and as you said, he wanted to leave on something of a of a high note, and he certainly does. Uh, getting this Arizona team to uh, being uh, on the cusp, uh, many believe, of becoming maybe one of the elite teams in 2018. Uh, we'll see what the future holds out there in the desert. Steve Gilbert, a great place to wrap this one up. We thank you as always for the time. In the meantime, Matt Waymeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Arizona Diamondbacks. <laughs>